I'm Katie McGrady, and this is Ave Explores. I imagine you are listening to this podcast either on Christmas Eve or you didn't get to it on Christmas Eve, and now here you are well into the Christmas season. This year, we've had the shortest Advent season we've had in in years, only three weeks and a day, not even really a day, just three weeks of this preparation for the birth of Jesus Christ. And the fourth Sunday of Advent is also Christmas Eve. Now, hopefully you didn't double dip for your masses. You have to go to both, your obligation for the fourth Sunday of Advent and your obligation for Christmas Day itself. It falls like this from time to time. And in some ways, you know, it almost might be a little annoying. Why can't the church just make some sort of a concession? Don't they know my kids are little and squirmy? I was having a conversation with a friend of mine who said, you know what, we're just going to Christmas Eve. Jesus is going to have to be fine with it. And I looked at her and I said as as lovingly as I possibly could, well, I mean, Jesus can be fine with a lot of things, but don't you want to worship him? And I, I wasn't trying to come across as condescending. I, I was just trying to invite her to a deeper understanding of what this season is all about, kind of called myself out in the process. I don't know what they're going to end up doing. But I I say the same thing to you right now, the same thing to myself as I'm recording this and thinking about the fact that this entire Advent season, as short as it has been, has hopefully prepared us for this worship. Worship, adoration, honor, focusing on Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God, the light of the world, to where on Christmas Day, as the presents are being unwrapped and the meals are being cooked and the excitement for the day occurs, we're able to kind of zoom back for a moment, sit back for a second and ponder the fact that we're doing all these things and we're experiencing all this excitement because hopefully we've worshipped first. We've looked in adoration at the God-man. We've looked and focused on the gift of his presence in our lives in this really remarkable way. We've been getting a lot of Christmas cards at my house, friends and family sending their cards. We've sent ours out. We always send a photo card. This year, we sent a silly photo card, so some absurd faces that we made on the front of our card. And I like sending a a photo card for Christmas because it's kind of a little reminder to this friend of yours, probably across the country or down the street, but a little reminder to them, hey, this is what we look like now after a full year. Hope you have a a great holiday season. And I love getting Christmas cards in the mail. Your reminder of these friends you have from all over the place, what was happening in their lives if they've written a little letter. My favorite Christmas cards are usually the ones that are an image of the nativity. I got a Christmas card this year from the Archbishop of Denver, and it's a gorgeous image on the front of the card, this beautiful painting from Fra Filippo Lippi from 1459, The Adoration in the Forest. And I I love the card so much, I put it in my office, I stuck it up on my bulletin board because it is such this beautiful image of this adoration, this worship. The Blessed Virgin Mary kneeling down, hands crossed, staring at this tiny Christ child. And it's from the 1400s, so it's got this stylized painting. It's certainly not an accurate depiction of what occurred in that stable or cave in Bethlehem, but it's this gorgeous rendering 
of the looking to Jesus, of the gazing at Jesus. And I think that's the way you end Advent, even if it is just 24 hours. Even if you went to Mass this morning and you have to go to Mass again this evening, even if there was kind of this marathon of craziness at church, especially our music ministers and our priests and deacons and altar servers, but that this was how we can really summarize what these three weeks have been about, what Advent is always about, what Christmas is ultimately about, looking at Jesus, gazing upon Jesus, maybe even bringing Jesus into our arms and holding him close and rejoicing that he is here. Father Agostino's book, all about preparing our hearts for this moment, this reception of Jesus in this new way coming into the world. I I couldn't think of anyone I wanted to talk to about this more than a nun. Kind of have a a love of nuns in a lot of different ways. I actually started my advent by getting to go to the Dominican Sisters of St. Cecilia in Nashville and, and got to go to Mass with them on the first Sunday of Advent. And the whole time I was there, I couldn't stop thinking about this conversation I'd just gotten to have the week before with a sister of life. The Sisters of Life and the Dominican Sisters are kind of cousins. The formation is very similar. Their habits are the same, except the Sisters of Life have navy blue on their scapular. But I, I wanted to sit down and chat with a Sister of Life who specifically embraces a charism of protecting and, and defending and, and supporting and showing the beauty of human life in, in every aspect. I wanted to talk to a sister of life, not just because my younger sister is in formation with the Sisters of Life as a postulant, and not just because I'm kind of a super fangirl. I wanted to talk with a sister of life because this is a posture of their life, this posture of adoration, this posture of looking to Jesus, and that colors their gaze, that that brings to focus all that they do and all that they see. As we're wrapping up this Advent season, As you've finished reading your book from Father Agostino, as you've hopefully not been too stressed as Christmas rapidly approaches, we invite you to just sit back and enjoy this conversation with Sister Zaley Marie about the way, the way that we can look to Jesus and adore him fully and completely, and how that can really color our our Christmas season, but really our whole lives. Sister Zaley, welcome to Ave Explorers. Thank you so much for having me. It's always great to chat with uh, a sister, as most of our listeners know. I'm quite partial to the Sisters of Life. But introduce yourself <laughs> to uh, to our audience, who you are, where you are, and what you get to do. Yeah, I am. My name is Sister Zaley Marie Lewis. I'm named for the parents of St. Therese, really the whole Martin family. Uh, let's see. I've been a sister for eight years. I just professed my final vows a few months ago. Uh, here in New York City. And I currently am serving at our mission in Manhattan where we have a little home where pregnant women live with us. So that, yeah, it's just a joy to be here. We have some pregnant moms here and some whose babies are born. So it's kind of like a perpetual advent, actually. (laughs) You're always nesting. You're always ready. Yes, exactly. Tell me what drew you to... um... I want to hear your vocation story in a moment, but your names are so specific and so beautiful. Tell me why you wanted to choose the Martin family as as kind of a an anchor for your life. Yeah, I think, you know, St. Therese, as, as many know, she kind of, she's just a very loyal friend. And I found that out kind of early on when I was in college. I didn't have any close experiences with the saints growing up. Mm. 
um, just, you know, Jesus and Mary and the Sacred Heart of Jesus was our school and our parish. So when I got to college, I was around a very Catholic group of friends and people would often ask, you know, who's your favorite saint? That was like an icebreaker question. (laughs) And I would always say, you know, I'm not sure yet. And everybody always said, all you got to do is just ask the saints to be your friend and they will. So one night I was up in my dorm room, you know, laying on my lofted bed, just praying before I went to bed. And I just said, I made this little prayer. I said, okay, saints, if you're really there, show me. And I just said, dear saints, I'm available for intercession. (laughs) Whoever wants to, wants to come pick me up, feel free. And then literally days later, one of my friends gave me story of a soul. And I started reading that and kind of gradually came into, yeah, just love Therese and her, her way of living. And the more I came to know her, the more I just found her whole family to be such a, a place of like hope and example and mm. just friendship. So it just kind of took off from there. And I actually have been to Lisieux once. Oh, nice. And got to pray with their relics. And Louis and Zaley have come to New York a number of times. So mm-hmm. pretty much every time they've come, I've gotten to see them in some way. <laughs> That's wonderful. I always feel like I have to clarify for people. Yes, we know that it's weird that we love relics as Catholics, but we're not going to stop. Uh, it is one of the coolest things that we have. Um, we just, so we're recording this early before the fourth week of Advent, but we are like the week after Thanksgiving, we were blessed to have a blessed Carlo relic in our house for Thanksgiving this year, wow. um, which we, we hosted a Dominican for Thanksgiving and, and he walked into the house with Carlo and I was like, what is happening? A saint <laughs> came to dinner. Uh, and then I, I did the, maybe the most Catholic thing I've ever done. I put the relic on my kitchen windowsill and washed dishes while talking to my saint buddy, because I feel like that familiarity is there. And, and, you know, you took their names. That's how familiar and how much you love them. Uh, so that everybody who talks to you from here on out for the rest of your life, they're going to think of these holy men and women. What, what do you think it is about, you know, one of our weeks with Father Agostino's book was about the saints, but what do you think it is about the saints that draw us in? Maybe even why most people are, especially like you said, Jesus and Mary, like that's kind of who you had. Why do you think a lot of people are drawn to them first? Yeah, I think, you know, recently we went to the New York City Marathon here a couple of weeks ago. It was family visit weekend. My parents were up there. Oh, hey. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's really amazing. I love going. We just go and we cheer for people. We try to yell (laughs) out their names. That's awesome. And the closest spot to our convent is like mile 25 yeah so people are feeling it they're like close to the finish line but they're not like you know right there yet and we were just talking about how and then all saints day was just a few days later Mm -hmm. and we were just talking about how that is so what the saints are for us because yeah it's just this example of okay other people you know human like me living in their historical context, they were seeking God, you know, with their whole hearts and they made it. So yeah, it just gives a lot of hope. And I think especially Lewis and Zaley, I mean, I'm totally biased, but I think it's just powerful to have parent saints. For me, at least when I was discerning religious life, I was finishing college and just had a lot of big decisions to make, you know, and Mm -hmm. I just entrusted my year to them. I said, you guys are parents, you know how to take care of your spiritual children. 
So, you know, here I am, just take care of me. And yeah, they really, they really showed up. That's such a, a great level of trust too, to just say like, I'm, I'm discerning this. I'm thinking about this. I mean, I, we've, we've experienced this in my family. Like I've seen it up close, right? There's, a, there's a huge vulnerability in sharing that with people. And then in actually going, tell us a little bit about that, that process for you. And you mentioned a second ago, kind of your in perpetual advent in the mission that you are in right now and how maybe like even discernment is kind of a perpetual advent. And here at the end of this advent season, you know, we're right at the cusp of Christmas. This is going to release on Christmas Eve. So we are really at the cusp of, of the joy <laughs> of Christmas. But to really just kind of still rest in that that almost like liminal space, how did you experience that in discernment? And then how do you experience that now? Yeah, you know, I think there's really a theme of growing in the conviction and, you know, trying to live the live the awareness more fully that God is at work in my life, in the world, you know, and, and those are one, like I'm, I'm part of his great plan. And I think, yeah, in discernment, it can, I never thought about being a sister until I was in college. It just wasn't, wasn't on my radar. I didn't grow up knowing, you know, any, really any sisters. And basically for me, I got to college and just started to encounter Jesus in adoration and the sacraments and just good friendships and was surrounded by people who are really seeking him and asking what, you know, what is God's plan for my life? Mm. And I thought, Oh, I should, I should ask those questions. You know, I, cause I used to think, you know, God's going to approve of my plans, which mm. were kind of the, the normal plans, go to school, get married, have some kids, you know, be a soccer mom. <laughs> and but yeah, this this other vision of like, hey, God, God has a plan for my life, and just this desire to know that. Mm. But then it was like, as I sought His plan for me, it was less about you know He's given me a, a list of things to do or things to accomplish, and more about He just wants to be in relationship with me and mm. love me, and in in coming to know myself in His love, that was where my heart gradually had the freedom to, to follow the peace of the Holy Spirit, which, which led me to, yeah, this total consecration to him as a sister. Mm. It strikes me that we come up with all these really great plans for our life and they're good. Like being a soccer mom is great. I, I'm a soccer mom. I love it. It's a, it's, I love my minivan. It is a fun car to drive with its magic doors and children screaming in the back. And, and, but, but that there, there was like, the Lord very gently saying, that's a great life, but what about this great life? What what was it that was really kind of a prompt for you to, to be willing to entertain that? Because I think a lot of people, you know, they have the vision and we kind of give Jesus our plan. Like, all right, this is what I need you. Like he's a waiter and he's going to just deliver to us what we've ordered. But there has to be like a, kind of a moment where you say, okay, but what if? Like, what if I actually did what he wanted? I, I think a lot about Mary in that moment when the angel invited her to this and, and she maybe had the same thought like okay well but I'm supposed to marry Joseph and he's really great and we're gonna have an awesome life but what if like I said yes to this angel right now like what what was the the push to you actually entertaining it fully yeah for me you know this this part's a little different for, for everyone but for me it was kind of this this mashup of 
the Sisters of Life and our charism mm. and just this, yeah, this call I had, I had felt since I was a young teenager to the pro-life movement to, yeah, the, the dignity of every human person. And then just this, this encounter, like when I met the sisters, even when I read the website, just this experience of my heart is so alive here mm. and in a way that I had not found before, you know, even in great relationships, relationships I had been in and different things. So yeah, it was just this, this sense of once I had tasted that I knew, you know, I'm not even going to be true to myself if I don't follow this, if I don't at least look into it and, you know, try to give God, uh, you know, the time and the, like the, just the honor to say, okay, if you are calling me to be totally yours in this way, that's kind of terrifying. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but yeah, just this, this sense that it grew over time, just this like deep conviction that um, this is going to be where my, where my truest happiness is. And just the desire to, to give him my life for me, it was just continually offering him my life, like surrendering it again and again. Yeah. You really can't do that too much. Yeah. When, and I'm sure Mary has been a good friend to you in all of that since she's kind of the, the first one that did it. Yeah, absolutely. She, she's just more and more amazing. Every time I, the more and more I grow in a relationship with her, it's just, I'm so grateful that God has given her to us to be everything she is, you know, just to be an example and a friend. And I had always struggled with relationship with Mary, just, you mm. know, felt like she's amazing, but it's kind of hard to relate to her because she's so perfect. And uh, actually it was through an experience of grief that she really came close to me. It was um, maybe, it was six years ago when my, my grandpa passed away and we were all just super close to him and he was a carpenter. Mm. And so I flew back home to Iowa for the funeral. And I think the night after the funeral, I was staying with my grandma at their house. And there was this carpentry shop of my grandpa's in the basement that as kids, we were never allowed to go into, obviously. <laughs> it's full of everything sharp. But somehow my grandma and I kind of wandered down there together. And we went into this room that I had never been in and like his handwriting is everywhere. Mm -hmm. He's got his tools all organized and stuff. And we just kind of were talking about him and looking at the things. And I was reflecting on that later because, uh, okay. Holy week came soon after that and Holy Saturday. And there was just this, this encounter with that is what Mary does for us. Like places where we can't go alone you know, where mm. like, I don't think my grandma could have gone into that room alone. I don't think I could have gone in there alone. Mm -hmm. But the fact that we were there together, it like gave this permission to, yeah, just engage more deeply. And just this sense of Our Lady on Holy Saturday. Um, she's just really special to me. Just the way that she, yeah, she's with us in our suffering and she, mm -hmm. she helps us go deeper with, with God. So Advent, especially, it's like the mother is the way you see the baby. Mm. you know like especially you know when you have newborn the newborn <laughs> needs to be with mom yeah 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 so she is just the one who like beckons us to come close and to really yeah draw near so I think that's that's really what how I think of her especially in advent 
My mom collects nativity sets, and every year when she sets them out, I mean, and she's got dozens of them that just kind of take over the house. Um, it was a couple years ago I mentioned to my sister, I said, Mary's always the one holding Jesus. I would like to see just one nativity set with Joseph holding Jesus. Um, and she was like, but why? Like, Mary is the one who's supposed to hold him. <laughs> And, and it was kind of like, oh, yeah, but Joseph deserves a chance. And probably because I would often pass my newborns off to my husband so I could go take a shower. But mm-hmm. uh, literally that she, you know, kind of invited me just like you did, right? This to think about, well, Mary is the one who holds baby Jesus kind of out to us. There's a monstrance in my diocese. We would use it at confirmation retreats where it's pregnant Mary and the host is placed in in her in her belly. Um, and it's just like this really profound visual of she was the first one to carry our Lord, the first one that we can look on and, and see his presence in a very distinct way. Um, I do want it noted the giant nativity set I went and bought that year has Joseph holding Jesus. So I did get my Joseph wow. nativity that it sits on our, our, our fireplace. But cool. it, you, what you just said, right? Like Mary is the one who shows us. And and how how often have we seen that image? I mean, it's the image on on your medal, that y'all wear around your neck as sisters, right? The Blessed Virgin Mary holding baby Jesus. Do you think that there's something that we can do? I mean, I, I realize this is the last day of Lent right before Christmas, but is there anything that from the spirituality of the sisters, from the work and the charism, from your prayer, that maybe in a very practical way, I think sometimes we we like to look at Mary holding Jesus, but we don't want to hold him ourselves. Like, no, no, he's supposed to be with his mom and I can just gaze upon that. But I, I don't think Mary's selfish with her baby, right? She's not holding Jesus away from us just so we can look passively. She wants us to carry him too. How do we get to a place, maybe in this final part of Advent, where we actually are willing to open our arms to hold the child Jesus close, to where we're willing to enter into the celebration of, okay, the incarnation is real and is a part of my life? Mm. Wow, what a great question. Yeah, I've definitely had some meditations about that where yeah there's the invitation to come close to Jesus and and Joseph and to and Mary and yeah different things in our own hearts can can prevent us from from stepping in but i think we just can't overthink how much god wants to be with us as we are he's not you know he's just not that's that's the whole wonder of Christmas, I think, is babies are so attractive. Like they just draw us in. You know, we have we have two babies here right now, and you just walk past them in the hallway and you can't help but stop and just <laughs> make a little face at them or just yeah. try to make them smile. And I think that that's something that Christmas I think is so approachable for people because yeah, we're just so drawn in by the vulnerability, the cuteness, the neediness of a baby. And yeah, just the sense that we are the gift that he wants to receive. Mm. He wants our presence. It makes him happy when we're close to him. And I think Mary too, I think if we're, if we're having a hard time approaching Jesus, we can just ask Mary, you know, to minister to us just to, to help us you know, find in our hearts, like what, what's making me feel unworthy or what's making me hold back or, cause the other thing with babies is you can really pour your love out on them and they can't do anything about it. <laughs> right. Like you can pick them up and hug them and kiss them. And there's just this, 
like this freedom to really, to really love that I think we should always have with God. Mm. And yeah, something about when he's a little, a little infant, it just elicits that in our hearts. So I think we, we want to pay attention to that and uh, just let that be our disposition to him, you know, year round. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a, I love that the freedom um, eventually they sometimes start squirming out of your arms around eight months <laughs> and once they're mobile, it's all bets are off. But yeah, every now and then you catch, you catch a glimpse. My three-year-old just the other night, she climbed up in my lap and she said, I nuggle you mom. That's how she says snuggle. She can't say her S's before consonants. <laughs> so it's nuggle, cool bus. Uh, but, but she just wanted to, just wanted to snuggle, just needed a minute and she got her fill. And then she squirmed away because uh, I wanted to squeeze a little tighter. And it, it instantly transported me back to when she was a newborn. And it is just pure gift of self to keep this child alive. But then they receive it so completely that, like, you don't mind continuing to just give and give and give, even if you're tired, even if it seems like the world is chaotic and, and falling apart. Um, you mentioned, you know, two babies in the house. Y'all serve women who often come to you guys very, very vulnerable, um, very hurt seeking help. And we've had um, Sister Anu's Day came on Ave Explorers years ago and explained a little bit about the the charism of the sisters because it is so beautiful. And she talked to us about the way y'all receive women and the way you you serve women. And it's never this, we're just going to shove a pro-life message down somebody's throat. It's this real honoring of the person. And I think the season of Advent lends us to reflecting on that Let's look at the dignity of the human being. Let's recognize their value and their worth. That is the fourth vow. Can you share with us a little bit about the charism of the sisters and how really this time of year is is the perfect opportunity to reflect on what you guys get to do and, and what the Lord's called you to? Yeah, I just was talking with another sister recently, and we were just reflecting on, yeah, we just love Advent. Obviously, everyone loves Advent, but it is we do kind of think of it as a sister of life especially season. And we were kind of talking about, you know, why is that? And just the sense of, we just desire that every child would be welcomed into the world as fully as Jesus was, you know, that like everything stops and just, just the proclamation with the shepherds and the angels and the wise men, like just this sense of taking a minute to stop and just glorify God for the gift of life Mm -hmm. in this child. And yeah, we, we are so privileged in the women we serve. I think the, the beauty of motherhood, I really can't say enough about that. Just how, how much that has grown in my own heart in, in the women we serve their sacrificial love, uh, especially here. I mean, you see the, the day-to-day arduousness of being a mom, you know, being a single mom, with varying degrees of support and the beauty of our charism, I think is just to highlight the beauty that's already there, you know? So the fourth vow to protect and enhance the sacredness of human life. And it's just easy to forget that. Like it's easy to forget my life is a total gift from God. I didn't do anything to deserve it. I can't keep myself alive as much as I feel like I can, you know, I don't know when I'm going home to heaven and this, it's all in the hands of God. And so we just kind of live in that. We try to live in that reality of gift, mm. you know, that just brings this sense of gratitude for, for my life, for the life of these women who are so heroically persevering in their pregnancies, you know, to have these, 
these children. I love the um the phrase it's on the back of your medal. Could you tell us what that is? Yes. So on the back of our medal, it's a line from a poem about the Annunciation, which is written by this redemptorist priest. And our founder, Cardinal O'Connor, loved this poem and would often read it to the sisters. And it says, the line on our medal says, and nothing would again be casual or small. So the whole poem is this beautiful meditation about Mary waking up the day after the Annunciation and remembering what happened yesterday. You know, this dawning awareness that God is within me now. And uh, the line before what's on her medal, it says, well, it says, and nothing would again be casual or small, but everything with light invested, overspilled with terror and divinity. So this sense of because God is here, because of the incarnation, all of life is filled with this deep meaning, this deep significance. Yeah, the small things of life. Jesus has come into our world, you know, as one of us. And so Mm. just how that transforms our whole outlook on life. Mm. It's really powerful. I, uh, I've been on the hunt for a beautiful painting or something with the poem. I haven't found it yet, but uh, mm. <laughs> once I do, I'll, I'll ship out copies to all the sisters because, yeah, you get to wear it right around your neck, but we, we need a visual <laughs> to remind us constantly in our own home. Sister, we've been ending all of our episodes this season uh, by asking just a very simple question about Advent traditions. We just wrapped up a season on liturgical living and the way that we can bring the liturgical seasons into our homes, into our lives. Do you have uh, a favorite Advent tradition, maybe from your childhood or from your time now as a, as a sister that you'll do in the convent? Yeah, as sisters, I mean, we, every night before dinner, we light our Advent wreath and we have a little book of prayers that another sister wrote just, uh, and we sing, you know, we sing a song. So we, we must have other traditions than that. Let me just think for a minute. <laughs> We have so many Christmas parties during Advent. It's always. Yeah. Y'all throw a lot of parties for the women that you serve, don't you? Yes. So we have, it's always like an Advent slash Christmas party. So uh-huh. we give out Christmas gifts and, and stuff like that. But let me, let me try to think. I mean, the Immaculate Conception is obviously, <laughs> it's, a big, it's a big party day for us. <laughs> We're. Uh, Guadalupe. Yes. Guadalupe. So we do. Uh, we do a number of things for that. I sprung it on you. I'm sorry. I should have warned you before we started recording. No, that's okay. I was just so excited to talk to a sister. You know, you sometimes forget. I know. I'm like, our whole life is probably, our whole life is so full of traditions. I'm going to remember like all these things once we hang out. But um, we do make it here, at least we make a, we made a little advent calendar that we hang on our wall. Slash, it's an advent calendar slash countdown to Christmas calendar. <laughs> We sing a song and we kind of read those prayers with the guests who live with us. And this year, actually, we did a little Advent craft day last oh, weekend nice. where we, uh, the guests made a little blessing jar. So they, we had these like, you know, tongue depressor popsicle sticks that they decorated and then they wrote a blessing on each one. And then during Advent, each day before dinner, yeah, we light the Advent wreath, we sing, and then they take out one of those, one of those sticks, and they read out something that they're grateful for. Oh wow! So that's one of our newer traditions. Just really trying to foster this yeah. spirit of gratitude. I love that. That's wonderful. We'll have to um, I have to copy that. 
like I mentioned when we started recording tonight, we're decorating our tree rather early, but maybe I can incorporate some adventy things in the in the course of that. Sister, where can folks find out more about the Sisters of Life? Maybe donate to the mission. I know you guys have an, an Amazon list right now that's active to fill the the coffers for the women that you guys serve. We do. We have an advent or a, yeah, the Amazon thing for the Christmas parties. Yeah, our website has a number of different different links and events. So if sisters are ever in your area, that should pop up on our little calendar there. I mean, in the New York area, we do have a lot of events during Advent, but mm-hmm. sistersoflife.org is where it all begins. We will put the link down on our show notes. Sister, thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate it. Oh, you're so welcome, Katie. It's been great to talk with you. We're so grateful you've spent time with us this Advent here on Ave Explorers. We absolutely love these liturgical season pods that we do, these little mini seasons within our whole year where we dive into a book from a a great spiritual writer, in this case, my dear friend, Father Agostino Torres, preparing our hearts in this intentional way, talking to these incredibly talented people who are able to lead us deeper into an understanding of, of what this is all about. I would encourage you, as you enter into Christmas, whatever that might look like for you, Maybe your Christmas is going to involve a lot of travel. Maybe you're staying home this year. Maybe Christmas, there's some people missing from around your table, or you're you're not particularly excited about what's going to occur, or you're so excited that you've placed these incredibly high expectations, or you're just kind of going with the flow, and it will unfold, and it will be, say, la vie. Whatever your approach is to Christmas this year, even though we only really had three weeks to prepare our hearts to prepare for this new life, Jesus coming into the world in this new way. I would encourage you to at least take a moment over the course of the 12 days of Christmas and spend some time in worship. Spend some time in adoration. Try to go to the chapel. Try to go to daily mass. Sit quietly with sacred scripture. Take a moment and think about what it is that you can thank God for, what it is that you want to ask the Lord for in faith, and to worship him in this new way. I mentioned to Sister in the episode about this um, this statue of the Holy Family where Joseph is the one holding the child, Jesus, and Mary is gazing lovingly over his shoulder at her newborn son. And, and it is one of my absolute favorite images, and we keep it on our, on our, our fireplace for the entire Christmas season. We've had it up since the beginning of Advent, to be quite honest. And just the other night, the kids had gone to bed. The Christmas lights were lit. We have some hanging lights in our living room and on our tree. We just went all light this year. Our little Lego Christmas village was set up, up on the built-ins. And I, I was just kind of having a cozy vibes moment sitting in my armchair in the living room. And I looked over and I saw that statue. And I thought to myself, that's what I want to be this Christmas. I want to be so solely focused on, on Jesus on the worship of Jesus, on the love of Jesus, on the celebration of who he is in my life, of who he is in my family's life, of who he is for all of us, that I, I, my eyes are just completely and totally fixed upon him. Maybe pray for the grace to desire that this Christmas season, because I, I think it is a worthy desire and a beautiful thing that the Lord could give to you. We're so grateful you spent this time with us here on Ave Explores. Make sure you follow our podcast 
on any podcast platform where you listen to your favorite shows, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, although I think Google Play is is ending at the end of 2023, so maybe find a different Android player, Spotify, wherever you listen to the podcasts. We're so grateful that you listen. We'd love it if you'd give it a rating and a review, share it with your friends. We'll be back in Lent for another round of Ave Explorers focusing on a liturgical season and an incredible book. More details about that soon. If you're signed up for the emails, you won't miss any of that information. Know that we're praying for you, and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.